Hello and welcome to another episode of the EFL Fantasy Podcast, Extra Time. This is the weekly show where it doesn't go as long and I am without Angus and Dan. My name's Jamie as always and excuse my voice, I know it's bad normally but I've got a bit of a cold so please excuse that. But this midweek I am joined by a special guest, he is our Reading correspondent and he is 13th in the world and gaffer at the moment, Owen Manza at Gaffer Royals. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, yeah. Um, enjoying the season so far, as you can tell. Um, yeah, how are you doing? Good? Yeah, good. I, um, I'd be a bit better if I was 13th in the world, so I'm not going <laughs> to um, It's always nice to be up there, so fair play for that. We will get into that a bit later on in the podcast, just how you've got on the season, you know, things you might have done to get yourself there. Um, but just for the listeners, the main talking points in this one is going to be a streamlined version of our normal podcast. So we'll take the main talking points on game week seven instead of reviewing every game. We'll then look ahead to game week eight at the weekend. We'll have a chat about Reading FC, also known as John Swift FC. And we'll speak to Erwin about his season so far. And then we do have a few questions that we'll get through at the end. So before we get into all of that, Erwin, how did you get on this week in Gaffey? Yeah, so uh, not too bad. Uh, 422nd game week rank. Uh, so that's pretty pretty decent. 91 points with no chips. So I captain Swift, which obviously worked out quite nicely, but he's sat next to Callum Robinson, vice captain, on one point. So that's slightly frustrating, but it's hard to complain when your captain gets 28 points, to be honest. Yeah. Any Anybody else return for you? Uh, Mitrovic, Solanke, uh, brought in Gibbs White this uh, this week, so it's nice to see him score and get some nice performance bonuses. Uh, Flint, Furlong, Townsend, all did decent for me, and Moore in goal. Seems to be working out quite now, well for me as a former. Yeah, probably. Moore's been an absolute great pet this season. You know, I wasn't expecting the world from him at four million, <laughs> but, you know, we'll definitely take what he's been returning. Um, my week, oh, I'm not going to lie, it wasn't very good. Game week rank of 627th, 87. So people might be thinking, why would you moan about that? I decided to change my strategy. I was going to play Goldfest, um, but I changed it after the pod on Sunday and went part the buzz. So I took out Paddy McNair because he was injured. I brought in Norrington Davies, who kindly returned me a zero pointer. <laughs> Fulham then decided to rest Robinson. Thank you very much for that. So yeah, I had him nice. as well. Zero points there. And then Tommy Smith decided to get sent off. So I literally had two returns from my defenders, which was Townsend and McFadzian, who both got me 12 because their six points were doubled. If I had I'd have been better off not playing anything because I had Mitrovic, who would have been captain. He scored me 12. Karoma, vice-captain, scored me 11. Brereton Diaz, 10. Swift, 14. And Wallace got me a seven-pointer. And then more in goal. So I don't know exactly how many points I would have got, but it'd have been better off. But this is why I said when the away days went bad for people in game week five, I'm not going to get ahead of myself, even though I had three boosts to play, because I know it can go wrong. And that was a prime example. So yeah, less of my week. Nobody wants to hear about that disaster. <laughs> and we'll just have a little chat about game week seven then. So midweek fixtures are always 
interesting possible rotation, as we saw with Fulham, Benching Robinson. Um, anything stand out for you, Owen? Nice one for for me to come to for you. I was very impressed when I uh, looked at the chances that Stoke created uh, against Barnsley. I mean, how the game finished one or one or I would never know. The chance at the end with uh, Vrancic and Surridge is with both guilt edge chances. So, but I think that's a promising performance from Stoke. To be fair, to yeah. Was it was it a good game for the neutral? Uh, I was, it was a good game to, when I watched uh, when I watched it. I thought it was a decent game. Barnsley had chances. Stoke had a lot of chances. So, and I wouldn't have normally have said looked at Surridge and Vrantich as good options. But if they keep playing like they did against Barnsley, I'd definitely be looking at them at the price that they are. Yeah, I thought Stoke were good. To be fair, I was at the game um, at the time because I was at the other end for the penalty. <laughs> I didn't know if it was a penalty, but I did say um, to my partner's dad, who I go with, it looked like he dived there, and replays do show he did dive. Yeah. So, <laughs> Karma, um, Bradley Collins had the game of his life. Surridge, any other day, gets a hat trick, maybe even four goals there. Two big chances missed. Um, Ranches is had a Klukas. We could have scored five. So, obviously, disappointed with a point with the chances that we had. But I thought Barnsley set up well. They came to not get beat, which a lot of teams have done that when they've come down. Huddersfield did it. Um, yeah. I think Forest did it. So I can see what they were doing, but they were a lot better than Forest. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that was... It's disappointing just get one point, but I'll take that. From a fantasy point of view, though, I don't. I still stand by what I said on Sunday's pod. I think Powell will be back for Derby at this weekend. I don't know if he'll okay. start, uh, but we miss him so much. He's so good. He'd be my only option. And Tyrese Campbell played for the under-23s on Monday against Middlesbrough. That was his first game back. So I'd give it about three or four weeks till he's in the first team forward. Um, other teams who I was impressed with, I think... Um, Bournemouth QPR, that was a good game. But Anthony and Zamora... Yeah. Pro- we'll probably get the headlines, won't they, for Bournemouth? Yeah, um, the, pr- the price is there. They are at 6.2 fans and Zamora, Zamora's 5 or something, 5.1, I think that's right. Yeah, I think um, so, yeah. The, both of those, you ask them together, they're the same price as Solanke. And then between the two of them, that I think they'd almost certainly get you more more points than them over the season, at least on current form. Just need to hope that they don't get dropped more than anything. I was a bit... Skeptical about Zamora at the beginning of the season. That was based on the West Brom game and game week one. And I hadn't seen them in a 90-minute game since then. Yeah. Um, and when I asked, I do think he's vulnerable defensively, where teams could exploit that. But going forward, he's really good. And I think he could become a good option in Gaffey. I've definitely got my eyes on him. Um Anthony, great value for money. The only issue is you just wish he was a midfielder. Because he's taking yeah. that third striker spot, isn't he? Which I don't yeah, think right. he's going to get the returns goal-wise that you'd want well, what you'd get from other players. So that would put me off a little bit. But if he was a midfielder, he'd be straight in my team, 100%. Um, yeah, Brezzi Diaz scored for Blackburn. He seems to be so consistent now. The end of last season, he had form, but now Armstrong's gone. He is their talisman, isn't he, Brezzi Diaz? 
Yeah, hundred percent. He's getting good, getting himself into good positions with good chances as well. Uh, so that's not just the goals that are going. He's also getting the good chances, which I think is important. Um, and I think their Blackburn's fixtures are about to get quite good. So Brereton Diaz is definitely one that I'm looking to uh, move in at some point. Yeah, I'm just looking at the fixtures now. Actually, you see that we've got Barnes at the weekend away, then Cardiff, Huddersfield, Blackpool, Coventry, QPR, Reading, Derby. So it, yeah, you know, no game's easy in the championship, but you know you'd back him to score quite a few goals in that time. So he's definitely one to look at. Um, well, Morgan Gibbs White scored for Sheffield United. I know a lot of people brought him in. I'm still on the fence for Sheffield United. I'm not quite <laughs> there yet, even though I did fall victim to looking at fixtures and by bringing Reese Norrington Davies in. That's my first mistake of the season. Um, yeah, I looked at the fixtures, saw Green, and thought, why not? It was it. I shouldn't have done it, but. What are your thoughts on Sheffield United? Well, attacking assets mainly? It's hard to tell, to be honest. Because uh, obviously, Morgan Gibbs White and um, Ndiaye, Ndiaye, they, uh, no, that, I think, that, yeah. No, yeah, he's just coming as, as well. So it's kind of hard to tell at the minute because they haven't settled into what I think their 11 might be. Um, but it's definitely one to keep an eye on. I think Ndiaye is 5.5 mil and he plays just behind a striker. So. Uh, Really, again, I think he if he sticks down the spot, you've got a 5.5 mil playing for, I mean, on paper, one of the best teams in the league. I mean, obviously, they're not playing to that stat, or haven't been playing to that standard recently. But if they can find their form, I think he's, him and Morgan Moore Gibbs-White, both really good options. Yeah, I would, <clears throat> excuse me, Morgan Gibbs-White last year at Swansea before he got injured. I think he's going to be a really good asset. So it's going to be a matter of time before I do go there. But I will at some point. Um, next one, West Brom. No, no, with Derby. Quite disappointing. But I think what the most disappointing thing with West Brom is at the moment is the rotation. Yeah, 100%. What, what do we do? Because I'm quite lucky. Well, I don't know if I am lucky, actually. I've only got Townsend. I did want to go to Robinson, but I didn't dare go there in case he didn't start. He did, but got hauled off. Yeah. What would be your advice on West Brom assets? Um, I am frustrated with Robinson. I think I'm I'm on the edge of getting having to get rid of him because him playing 45 minutes is worse than him playing no minutes. Really, it, I think I'm more concerned with. The, I don't want these one point or two pointers, especially when I had Callum O'Hare as my uh, first sub on 11 points this week, and Robinson gets me one point. I like Furlong and Townsend as options because they're pretty much nailed in the team, but. Um, like Robinson, uh, Dean Garner's good. I think Grant started the last three games, so he's looking okay. But again, I think he doesn't benefit from Robinson being a midfielder. Robinson's a midfielder, so he gets some extra bonus points as a as a midfielder. Um, so I think for me, it's a, I'm definitely struggling to pick a a forward from there at a minute. See, I. I don't see the point. Me personally, with my team, I think to myself, I want that attacking asset, especially if I'm going. Because I'm thinking about playing golf fast this this weekend, and you know, I'd plan boosts around Fulham and West Brom, but how can, I can't bring one in because I don't know if they're going. Well, Grant's not. You know, he could get rotated. 
Robinson, Phillips, Dean Garner. I wouldn't go Dean Garner anyway, to be fair, but yeah, I, I just don't think I can do it. So I'm now thinking, should I play the boost and just wait a bit, just see if they settle? But we know with Ismail, when they had five subs last year with Barnsley, he's brutal. He'll just change the team like that. You, think, yeah. you know, they were bringing all three forwards off last season every game. So I don't want to go there personally, but if you're stuck on players, what do you do? Because you know, the good, we know how good West Brom are and we know what the players can do. But like you say, you're sitting on Robinson and getting one or two pointers. It's not ideal, is it? Not for nine mil or what you're paying for no. West Brom players. Exactly. So, um, next one, though, Fulham. Um, shock defeat uh, against Blackpool. Bounce back. Beat a decent Birmingham team, really, 4-1. Mitrovic, a 12-pointer. Harry Wilson, 16-pointer. Robinson rested, but I don't think you can look into that. You know, I think he'll be back at the weekend, I'd imagine, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'd say so. I've got Robinson. I'm not looking to move him out. Um, I think he's the better option, over, in my opinion. I prefer Robinson over Brian. I think he'll most likely play most of the games. And at least, contrary to the other Robinson, uh, he won't. he's unlikely to come on for one or two points. Uh, he'll just stay on my bench and then I can, with a nice bench you can then just rotate and have someone else to come in for him. What about Addy Wilson? Because we spoke about it quite a lot recently, um, the trip up on Fulham. Um, we came up with the Addy's, but Carvalho's injured at the moment. There's a possibility he's back at the weekend. I mean, I've got Carvalho. I'm on Robinson, Carvalho and Mitrovic. Obviously, I want Wilson. I'd love to have all four of them if I could. But do you jump off Carvalho if you don't own Wilson and go sideways if you've got the money? Or what would you do? Um, I, I'm struggling to justify the move. I've got the exact same triple up, Robinson, uh, Carvalho, Mitrovic. And I, me personally, Carvalho is such good value as a player, even no matter how good Harry Wilson is for the money that you and the returns that I think you'll get from Carvalho. I think I could use the like extra four, four mil elsewhere bet in better positions. Um, it's just it's just the value more than anything. Harry Wilson's good, but five whatever it is five point one, five point two for Cavalli is a bit of a joke price, really. It reminds me of um, Elise last season. We had him do it cheap. Yeah. <laughs> I fell in the trap of benching sometimes because you just look at the price of them and you think, oh, I can bench a four point five midfielder over. And eight million, and it's no problem. But Luce was really good, and he stung me quite a few times. I think I'm going to stay on Carvalho for now because I've got other issues to deal with. Yeah. But I, w- I would like Harry Wilson. I think if I was going to overall, if you were going to overall next week, would you have the same trip up? It's a good point. Because um, I could obviously, you could go for. Have gone for the Harry Wilson, yeah, Carvalho, Robinson, triple up, and then have Solanke and Moore as your strikers. Because um, I think if you look at the teams that more of Cardiff with Moore and uh, Solanke with Bournemouth, I don't think you're getting as good midfield options. Like ideally, Solanke is the best Bournemouth asset, and um more's the best Cardiff asset and there's no midfielders that I'd rather have in that spot so yeah I think actually I think an argument could be made for the, the Fulham triple up of Carvalho 
Wilson and Robinson and then having more or uh, Solanke as a replacement for that Mitrovic spot. That's interesting because I don't think I could go without Mitrovic and I think the ownership of him as well, that could really... That, that's something daft like I'd do last season. I'd go about <laughs> Wendy or something like that. I'd have to keep Mitrovic. I think I'd drop Robinson and go to Wilson. And then, you you know, there's there's quite a few good defenders this year that you can go, like Mafadzi, and I've got him already, but he's brilliant value. and It's not just the value that you're getting from him. You're actually getting points. Um, I think I'd go that way, but I'm not going to move off it yet. I'm not going to use transfers on that. Um, yeah. One more talking point from game week seven. Cardiff um, lost to Coventry 1-0. And Victor, oh, I can never say... Before we started recording for you, come on, I was saying it in my head over and over. Will you do the honours? Yokarev? Yokarev? Yokarev. I, I think that's something. I think that's right. I watched uh, the quest highlights and I, they, they did Yokarev. So I think that's how they're saying it anyway. That's a better effort than what I would have come up with. He scored again. And I keep mentioning him on the pod every week. <laughs> and he's got to get to a point where I bring him in. Because you can't ignore his form, can you? No. And I think uh, Coventry are actually making decent chances as well. I think I re- really like... Uh, I might just call him Victor for, for, for East. Yeah. I really like Victor as a player. He's tall, he's got decent whereabouts, and he's got a good finish on him. So... In that Coventry team, who are actually making a considerable amount of chances for a newly promoted side, I'm a, I definitely would be keen on him. It's just again the fact he takes up another striker slot that there's so many decent strikers that you'd want. That's what I was thinking, but you know he's on 59 points now. Solanke's top points scorer for um, forwards on 60. He's just a point behind, three points ahead of Mitrovic, and then a little bit clear of the others. Is he taking up a spot or does he deserve a spot? I'm beginning to think he deserves a spot. Yeah, I think that's probably a fair fair um, assumption of the of it. I mean, I, yeah, I can't really argue if any, more than uh, that he does, does deserve to be in team. If someone picked him, I wouldn't have any complaints with it. I just think I would, you're then losing out on Mitrich Diaz or Solanke uh, for him. That's the point. But I'm trying to think, Mitrovic, like you said, you could maybe hope Carvalho and Wilson get you through that Fulham without him. But I wouldn't want to do it myself. Solanke, <laughs> I don't think Anthony or anybody else could compete with Solanke's points um, in that Bournemouth yeah. team. And then Bredesen Diaz, obviously there's no, nobody in at Blackburn at all. So that is a good point. Where with Coventry, you, I know Aware hasn't done as well as we thought he might um, but he's getting there and he's cheap so you could have aware instead that is an interesting one I, it's going to be one of them that haunts me when I do get him <laughs> he'll stop scoring I know what will happen yeah, of course. we're back listeners um, you might not have noticed the gap I was gone for because I'll edit that out but yeah I had to just let my dog out so that's done game week 8 then Owen what are you looking at what do you think Anybody stand out for you for game week eight? Uh, in terms of my plan, I'm I'm almost certainly going to roll the transfer this week. Um, I think that the teams that I'm looking at going forward 
have, especially Bournemouth. Bournemouth's fixture this week isn't a fantastic fixture. They've got, well, it's quite poor fixture. They've got Cardiff away. But after next week, their fixtures get really good. So it'll probably be a case that I leave Bournemouth for another week. Um, <laughs> although I came onto the pod quite luckily after Redden have obviously won in the week. Otherwise, it would have been a lot more doom and gloom. But unfortunately, I think Fulham might have their way with us a little bit um, this weekend. Um, I think, yeah, Wilson, Mitrovic, uh, they'll all do well. Defensively, on the Robinson, it might be uh, Redden might get one. But I think attacking-wise, I would imagine that Fulham will do quite well. Um, I think Luton and also I think Birmingham have all got quite good fixtures as well, in my opinion. So if you've got any of them, I think you're looking at a decent, decent week. Birmingham interests me because they've got Peterborough away this week, but then they've got Preston, QPR and Forest after that. So that really interests me with Birmingham. Regarding anyone else in Game Week 8, Excuse me. Obviously, Fulham have got yourselves at home. I do agree. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if I saw that you'd scored. But then I wouldn't be surprised if I saw Fulham score three. Yeah, That's based on what I saw, especially when you came down to our place. I, I didn't. I didn't think you were that bad. I didn't think you were good. Um, but defensively, you weren't very good. But you know, I've seen Nottingham Forest down at our place this year, and I don't think anybody can get to that level of badness. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if you scored. Sheffield United Hull is going to be an interesting one. Sheffield United go to Hull. I really don't know how to predict that. I think you've got to be looking at Sheffield United winning it because it's Hull. But they've got Derby in Middlesbrough after that. We've got Derby away, which Derby have surprised me. You know, they're not as bad as we were Yeah, expecting. I agree. Their starting 11 is actually okay. It's a good championship team, really. Bit of um, well-aged at the back, but <laughs> I think it's a good balance, really. So I'm not expecting us to go there and score three or four, but I, I would expect us to go there and win. West Brom have got Preston. What West Brom team are we getting? What Preston team are we getting? So I think it's a difficult one because I know there's a lot of people who have planned away days for this week. And me, myself, I don't see it, but then I'll contradict myself because I'm considering um, goal fest. But it was initially <laughs> part of the buzz for me for this week. Um, I'm just trying to look through all the other fiction. Now, Huddersfield have got Forest at home. Huddersfield have started well the season, so I'd expect them to beat Nottingham Forest quite comfortably. QPR have got Bristol City at home. I think Dan made a very good point on the pod on Sunday. Um, QPR seemed to start off very slow and then get into the game a bit later, which was the opposite against Bournemouth because I thought they started off really, really well. And if they'd scored within that first five minutes, it would have been a different game. But QPRS, that's what do you do with them? Would you even Would you be tempted by any? I'm not massively hot on QPR this year, to be honest. Like I think a lot of their results have been quite flattering. Would isn't the word, but I don't think they're that's the standard I thought that QPR would be. I thought QPR were looking like they'd be a top six side, but I can't on their current performances. Even though they played quite well in the week previously, I've not been that hot on them. Um, I saw that I think Willock's been playing 
up up top as a two. Uh, so the only one I probably could make the argument for is Willock, I reckon. Yeah, I still got Willock in my team, and he's one of them. If he wasn't so cheap, he'd have probably gone by now. But yeah, because of the price, I can't really move elsewhere. So he stays for now. You say you're rolling for Game of Case. Have you got? Have you like decided who's going to be your captain, or you think maybe your captains, like vice captain too? Uh, I haven't really had a lot of uh, thought about it. I mean, we'd. I've got still got Robinson in my team, and if Robinson plays and does well again, I think he'll do well against Preston. I mean, Mitrovic, I think, will end up being my captain. Mitrovic, he's big. He will be decent from set pieces, which is Redden's kryptonite. So I think Mitrovic could haul against uh, against us. Also, it's nice if Mitrovic gets a hat trick and we lose three 0 Then at least I'm slightly happier. At least Mitrovic did well. Um, but apart from that, I haven't thought much more about my vice-captain or emergency captain. I think I'm going to go Mitrovic as well. I had considered Karoma against Forest, But yeah, when, when I think about the upside and the higher ceiling, I think Mitrovic could definitely, you know, he could easily score two or three, like you just said. Where with Karoma, yes, I think I'll just feel the win. But is he going to get you more than a goal and maybe an assist on there as well? Don't think he will. So, I mean, I've been trying to get him out my team for a few weeks, but his fixtures are good <laughs> and he's he's just ticking over nicely. But he's taking up eight million and a striker slot, and I don't own Solanke, so he's. I think he's got one more week. I might roll the transfer and then use the two transfers next week and bring Solanke in probably. Um, talking of Fulham, then let's talk about who they're playing this week in your team, Reading. We've got to start with John Swift. In pre-season, you put him down as Redding's best pick, unsurprisingly. Dan and Angus definitely agreed with you. And I was a bit on the fence between him and Ajari, because I like Ajari. I think he's a really good player. Obviously, he started the season injured. But Swift, were you expecting this? I mean, I thought he'd do well. I didn't think he'd be top goal scorer after seven game weeks. Uh, I mean, he's literally hit the absolute form of his life. I think he's got 10 goal contributions, which is, I saw something that's like more than 16 teams in the league or something, uh, or some ridiculous stat like that. Um, it's, it's unlikely that he is going to be that good all year. I mean, he'd be putting up unbelievable numbers if that was the case. But uh, I think while he's in this kind of form, it's hard to shy away from the bloke like I um, I was watching it. I remember on home on, in the middle of the week, and uh, he for the free kick goal, he stopped the ball. Like the referee was playing advantage, and he stopped the ball there, knowing that he wanted the free kick. And it's just one of those things you knew he was going to do hit. He was going to go in, um, and it was an absolute perler as well. See, when I well before the season, if I thought of John Swift, I don't think of plenty of goals. I think of Rockets, you know, he scores a good goal. When he scores, it's a good goal normally. And, you know, he's had his injury problems throughout his career. Do you think he'll stay fit? Uh, that was my big concern. I mean, if somehow everyone else around him seems to be getting injured, he seems to be the only one keeping fit at the minute. Um, 
I think he'll he'll do well. I think slightly we've brought in um, a couple of pl- players right towards the end of the transfer window: Deli Basharu and Halilovic and Hoylet. Um, I think unfortunately for Swift and Swift owners is that Swift was playing higher up and looking to make runs into the box. I think he's less likely to do that now he's got Halilovic and Deli Basher in front of him. I think they'll take up the positions that Swift was getting in um, in, the past, in the past few weeks. I think he's more likely to sit slightly deeper now. So it could be the case that he falls off. Obviously, the goal he scored this week was just a free kick. So uh, I think potentially it might be one just to keep an eye on going forward. Nobody wants you to hear that, Owen. <laughs> yeah, Nobody I don't want to bring at the bad all news. wants you to hear that unless your name's Dan and Angus and you've sold him. So they'd love hearing that. Um, last thing on Swift, then, just before we talk about Reading in general. If you were one of them, like Dan and Angus, who sold him, which I know they'll be gutted in hindsight, it's easy when he, you know, he scored a hat-trick and then got a goal and assist the next game. But I did consider selling him as well at the same point. I just had other issues, so I didn't do it. So I've got lucky, I'll admit that. If you had sold him, would you bring him back? Or based on from what you've just said, would you just accept the points you got for him while you had him and then move on? Uh, yeah, I don't think... It's going to just be my cynicism, but um, I don't think I'll be bringing him in. Like, he's scored uh, seven goals from 2.73 expected goals. It's realistically not sustainable going forward. And if his position's now slightly deeper, it makes him even worse of an asset. So... I think I'll it, the case would be I'll be keeping him until he uh, he and or Reading drop a bit of form uh, going forward and then he'll be out of my team I imagine. Um, I think you can make a good argument for uh, a couple of the other Reading players up front, but I think uh, I don't think I'd be bringing Swift currently. You might have just talked me into a transfer this week instead of rolling because obviously you've got Fulham. If I do play goal fast. I do, I'd rather another midfielder who's likely to score. So that move might happen now. Now you've said that. <laughs> um, we'll see what happens. Um, Reading then, this isn't the Reading of last season that, you know, we all had Richards. He was. You had great value on Gaffer, really. We all had Richards, Elise, and Jao, really, throughout the season. We at least had triple up for most of the season. This year, it's a bit different. Um, I'd be very surprised if people have got anyone other than Swift. Um, I know Aziz, is it? Yeah, Femi Aziz, yeah. He then got injured just as people started to get him in. But is there anybody else at Reddit? And what are your expectations for the rest of the season? Um, so, gaffer-wise, I would probably... Anyone I would consider... As an enabler, maybe if I was overhauling his uh, Delhi Basharu. I mean, it's quite an obvious pick now. He's scored two in the week, but he's playing just behind Puskas, and Puskas isn't exactly in the form of his life. <laughs> um, I think he's playing a bit more, almost like a support role. He uh, he'll get the ball and try and hold it up and then put, uh, give it to the wingers, um, and I think that could work quite well for Delhi Basharu. Uh, playing as the cam at 5.4 mil. Um, if we keep scoring goals, I think Delhi Basher is the one who's putting himself in the uh, in the be- will be putting himself in the best positions. Uh, it's easy to say that 
especially given both his goals were quite low um, expected goals chance. They were very, like, they were just good finishes. I'm not sure whether they were actually very good chances. Um, and also you've got a risk of Hoylet coming in. Uh, so if Hoylet comes in for uh, Delhi Bashir and then we can just play Ajari through the middle. So it's a um, tough one. I think I would be staying away from Reading as it stands, to be honest. I mean, the game against, uh, the game in, in the middle of the week, I don't think really we did that well. We didn't create any good chances from what I can think. We had scored, we scored a free kick, we scored a long shot deflection and we scored uh, like a, bo- a shot at the top of the penalty box. I, we didn't really have anything clear cut. And the 4-0 drumming that we had the other week really, I think, sets the standard a bit. I, I would like to see us improve, but I couldn't advocate for many of the players as it stands. I definitely agree. I think if I come off swift, then I, I won't have any Reading assets. Um, I'm not saying ever, but until I see something to make me think otherwise. Um, regarding your team in general, then, we know last season, really, you needed to go up, really, didn't you? It was They made a big push for it. Fell short at the end. I mean, you were really good through large periods of the season. This season, it's gone like people may have expected. What are your expectations for Reading this season? Yeah, it's a it's a tough one. I think we had a good end of the transfer window, bringing in Hilibich, Delibastro, and Hoylet. I think had and Drinkwater as well. Don't forget about him as well. He's a he's he's quite a decent signing as well. So those are all decent players in the team. So I think I'm confident we'll uh, we should end up being around a mid table team. I imagine we've definitely got a better team than a lot of the um, sides below us. So we should stay up, but I wouldn't expect fireworks. I mean, I feel like if last year we had a fit John Swift, that could have been enough to put to put us put us up. But so it doesn't didn't work out that way. And I think yeah, Redden have some issues um, coming up. I've saw today that currently in our first team we only have eight first team players on contracts past next summer so oh wow yeah John Swift's on a free next season so everyone I'm sure he's playing for his new contract so I think it's going to be sign him up I'd be delighted with that yeah well, I mean Jari because... got a contract longer than yeah Jari I believe he does uh, Moore does um, Jow does but there's a lot of players there that have uh, contracts running out in the summer, and that is obviously very concerning. Given we're under this transfer embargo, where we can only pay cl- uh, players over a, c- a certain amount of money. So, yeah, uh, we'll uh, see how that goes. <laughs> that could go really sour over the next couple of years, couldn't it? Um, you're going to have to recruit really well to recover from that. Because losing Swift on a free transfer, that would be horrible. I can't imagine how you'd feel as a Reading fan, the thought of that, because I couldn't imagine if Nick Powell left us on a free. Yeah, we only got a look at last season. Lost Lee for what, seven mil, eight mil, and lost Omar Richards to Bayern Munich on a free. Like, it's a common theme. Yeah, that is bad. Right, we won't depress you anymore then, talking about Reading. <laughs> we'll get to the bit that everybody's going to want to know. What have you done? To get yourself to 13th in the world? Um, 
it's hard to put a finger on any one thing. I mean, I've already used two chips, so that obviously helps your rank quite substantially. Um, it's I, if I look at my team, Flint, I've only had Flint for two, three weeks, but I haven't been afraid to move to players who are getting, uh, I wouldn't say lucky, but are just in a bit hitting a bit of form. I think in the championship, you are way more exposed to rotation and unknown assets coming out of nowhere. Yeah. So I feel like you have to be quite quick to move on to them. Um, I think obviously a lot of people had Morrison at the beginning of the season, but Flint just hit a nice vein of form um, and I moved to him. I know potentially long-term it may not be the strongest thing, but I think you can get quite decent players for quite cheap money. And if you're quick to jump on them, as long as you're taking some relatively smart decisions as opposed to just jumping on the person who got the most points last week. But looking at players like Anthony Zamora uh, for, for Bournemouth, it's just because they've uh, either unknown quantities that haven't played lot previously doesn't mean they can't be great assets. Look at, like, Elise is a great example of that. If you uh, jumped on the Elise early on, you would have absolutely skyrocketed your rank um, last year. So it's a, a case of keeping an eye out for those players that you think a good value for money and that you think potentially are quite uh, underpriced. Very interesting you say that because I'm probably the opposite. I hadn't jumped on Flint and I had no intention to because my mindset is that's not going to last. And that's my negative approach to fantasy football sometimes. And that could be my downfall maybe. Um, maybe work in my favour sometimes, but... You know, I wouldn't dream of that. And a prime example is Victor at Coventry. I've been saying his name for probably the last two or three weeks. You know, I'm looking at him, can he keep going? He has keep going every week. He, he keeps scoring, but I still haven't gone there and I don't think I will do. So I think that's a really interesting point. Anything, how did your boost go for you? What Which boost have you used? Uh, so I've used my away days and I've used part of the bus. So I was, I was, this is when you were saying earlier, I was planning to use part of the bus this week. Um, but I looked at my the fixtures last week and I just thought they matched up better for who I had. So I part of the bus last week, had a game week rank of nine. So I had Robinson 14, Flint 20, Furlong 8, Townsend 20, Egan 2. Um, and then I had away days in game week two uh that was 114 points so it was game week rank of 94 so both of my boosts have gone well and ultimately that could that's given at this early stage of the season that's probably one of the things that's probably swung me into the position i am in definitely boost if you get the boost right which it's easier said than done <laughs> it, it does skyrocket i mean last season I was about 110th going into that game with 27 or 28. I had a massive, massive score. I can't even remember what boost was. It took me into the top 10. Yeah. And then I stayed there for a while. And, you know, it, do, it can do that. And I think what's going to be interesting with this game is, um, I'm not saying this is going to happen to you, by the way, but, you know, you started well, first 50 weeks. But then there's another two parts of that to do again. So, yeah, exactly. You know, but if you do that again in phase two, I call them phases, you, you're going to be in with a really good chance of winning the game because we saw last year Joel and Rune 
were top two for absolutely ages. It felt like it feels like it was only them two top two all season. <laughs> um, and then Sean Lynette started to catch them towards the end. But, you know, if you put yourself in that position, there's a high chance you'll do well. So I hope you do. Um, definitely. But uh, is there anything else that you've done that's got you up there? Um, I think targeting the uh, relegated sides. I'm a, I've, I've, I say it quite a lot to people that I think that teams coming down from the Premiership, from the Premier League, have a, have a massive advantage over the rest of the teams. Yeah. Par- parachute payments, par- the parachute payments that you get from getting being relegated puts you at a massive advantage. So when possible, I try to target the uh, Sheffield, West Brom and Fulham because they're, I imagine, coming in the season, despite Sheffield United, where they are now, I reckon they'll still end up being up there. And it's much easier to call them as well. You know that West Brom and Fulham players were going to do well because they're the relegated side. So I had them early um, on a triple up and that's obviously done me quite well because they're the top two in the league. Good boy. And what do you think about the... <coughs> Sorry, my voice is going. Um, <laughs> the promoted clubs, Dan likes to target them to use captains against so Blackpool and Hull especially and then Peterborough. Have you done that... Co- like a lot so far? Uh, I think it's the, a good way to do it, especially when you're looking at the sides who have come up from League One due to them outscoring the other teams. Basically, a lot, lot of those teams that would have come up as a result of outscoring the other teams will have been able to defend on the basis that they're playing League One, champ, uh, League One players. Whereas coming up, it's not as easy. Obviously, it's a massive jump in standard. So looking at Coventry, even though they have actually been really defensively resolute, they'd be the kind of team that I'd be looking at for targeting because um, they relied mostly on their goal scoring last season as opposed to their defensive record, which I think would show will show this season. Interesting. Right, let's move on to the last part then. Um, we've got about, I think there's about four or five questions. Um, James Wood, our Bournemouth correspondent, um, a lot of managers have used part of the boards and away days chips, but the third looks trickier to play. What would your ideal overall team be this week? I'm thinking a strategic overall. It could be more effective now as there's no double game week for jeepers, keepers and goal fast. Um, first of all, I think our West Brom correspondent, Kazza, he played jeepers, keepers in game week seven, didn't he? And I think he scored 130 points. Which yeah, crazy score. I think you underestimate that boost and it's made me think about it. I will be honest, I have thought about it for this week after seeing that because all you need is a couple of saves. But three saves in the game would be ideal and the clean sheets and you're going to get big points, aren't you? Yeah, it's actually one of the easiest ones to set up as well because you're really only relying on two players. So if yeah. you've already got a good keeper, you just bring another one in at... Look at the fixture list. Bring one in who's got a good fixture the same week as the keeper you've already got in, and uh, yeah, you could be on to a winner. Goldfest hasn't got as much of an upside, similar to part of the buzz. I mean, you've got Nayoit really to make it worthwhile. I think if I'd played Goldfest this week, I'd have got about four goals. I think that was my original plan, so I'd have been an extra twenty points. Well, with Jeepers Keepers, you could be getting an extra. 40 plus really can't you yeah I think Jeepers Keepers is uh, one if you play it correctly 
that you could do you can really do well on um and doesn't require a lot of work to set up so yeah it's uh, definitely what i've been looking at trying to set up uh, for this first half of the season in terms though if he's looking at overall in um i wouldn't say do an actual full team but you know <laughs> who would be the main players that you'd be looking to bring in on an overall if you're going to do it this week um i think obviously you've got the standard i think I quite. I still want to have the Fulham assets, the West Brom assets. So take your pick. We've, we've already discussed the Fulham, uh, the Fulham assets and the issues with West Brom. But if you're looking at other players, I think Millwall actually have quite a nice set of fixtures. Um, they have three, three really decent fixtures in the next seven. So Wallace, I'm not sure how I feel about uh, Jed Wallace at 10 mil playing for for Millwall, but I mean Enjoy you can't before. deny that. The guy does does score goals, so I mean, I potentially be looking at him, um, and then I think I'd probably just be looking at who's performing well. If you look defensively, I mean, Borough, Middlesbrough have surprised me defensively. They've been really good. So uh, I don't know how to pronounce the name, but Dishdeal, Dishdeal. He's he's their top scorer in defence, and their defence is looking really good at the minute. So I, he's cheap, and he will probably do a job for you. Yeah, I think you've got to go Vimitrovic, Solanke, and then I'll probably go Brereton Diaz for the fixtures. That's exactly what I've got written down. And this yeah. form, I'd have them. I'd have them as a free. A again, form we spoke about. So it'd be a Wilson slash Carvalho, a Wallace. Yeah, I can. I can see why you'd have a Wallace. I think Birmingham's fixtures and Bella looks really good. So maybe someone like him. Um, just looking through the teams now with like people that I like the look of. Stoke, Nick Powell will be back. Hopefully this weekend, so he's one to keep an eye on. He could probably go in there, he'll offer great value. And then it says your standards, I think Birmingham defensively maybe a Colleen. Um yeah. that's just an excuse just to say his name. Um <laughs> Boom, Zamora could be a good shout, bringing him in. Because I'm not actually because we don't get ownership. I don't actually know how highly owned he is, but I yeah. haven't seen his name a lot as much as I thought I would. So he's one. Um, uh, yeah, there's one that um, Denny, the Huddersfield correspondent, said uh, Pearson that as a yeah. as a defender. Yeah, he's just got got the second most shots for anyone uh, for Huddersfield. So I think it's uh, Corona on 19 and Pearson on nine. So if you were uh, <laughs> He's probably going to offer you some quite good chance of an attacking return. Yeah, he scored a couple. He's had a few disallowed. I saw him put earlier on, so he's interesting. I think your Coventry boys definitely get. You can definitely get triple Coventry in there, whether it's more Fadzina Ware or Victor. You could easily have three of those four because they really good value, aren't they? So I think yeah, yeah they're your standard picks really if you're looking to overall. And Tommy Strong replacements for Tete. I'm playing away days this game week, so ideally a player with an away game. He was thinking McFadzine at Coventry, so that's definitely yeah, one into McFadzine. Yeah, argue. yeah, I think that's quite a good. I think, and then, yeah, I think you we've mentioned them, yeah, Colleen and uh, McFadzine both play away. I mean, Birmingham got Peterborough away, so if you want to go uh, Birmingham defender against Peterborough, I think that's probably a good shout. Yeah, definitely. Definitely see that. Coventry have got Millwall. I could, I could picture that being a low-scoring game. I, I can't really call which way it would go, but I imagine that would be low-scoring. But I think that every time I see Millwall play, 
before they play, <laughs> I assume that is going to be a low-scoring game. So I wouldn't actually take that advice. Um, who else are away? Forest or Huddersfield, definitely not. Uh, you got Sheffield United. Sheffield United at all. So Reese Norris and Davies would probably. I, don't, I can't believe I'm actually recommending him after what he's done to me this week. But yeah, Stoke away at Derby. I mean, Tommy Smith would have been the perfect replacement. Yes, I know. Um, he's going to be suspended straight red. We do have a cup game against Watford next week, so that takes one game away. But I think from O'Neill's comments, we're going to appeal that. So we'll see what comes of that. Yeah. Swansea away at Luton. I don't know. I don't think not at their prices. They are still priced on last season's form. And then West Brom. Obviously, if you're already on Townsend, yeah. you could possibly double up on Fearon, couldn't you? Yeah, uh, Fellow or Joy there. Yeah, Joy, the yeah. Bank. Um, next question then is uh, this name is ridiculous. I'm not even going to try to say it. It's, well, well, I'm going to have to really. Shad HDHDBB and then loads <laughs> of random letters in the bio. Um, yeah. This is what it is. Away days, game weekend, game week defenders to replace Smith. So basically, we've just covered that. Um, yeah. The same options for the Tete replacement. Jordan has asked, How come Swift got 21 points for me this week? It feels like a glitch. Um, check the rules, Jordan. You add vice captain on him. So he gets 1.5. Uh, multipliers added to his score. So he scored 14. If you'd captained him, you'd have got 28. Vice captain, you got 21. Uh, oh, that same guy has also asked, will Grant start at the weekend? We spoke about West Brom, and we? We yeah. have absolutely no idea what Ismail's going to do. Yeah, he started the last three, so he may start, but there's no guarantee he gets more than 45 minutes anyway if he starts. So, uh, yeah, kind of make your bed with the West Brom. You know who does do a start at some point as well, and so, you know, yeah. you come in late. He's been coming on. He's definitely drew that random start. So, uh, I don't know. He may start. We don't know, but it's so tough. <laughs> um, forever QPR um, underscore FPL and Gaffer. He's number one in the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really well. So, I don't know why he keeps asking us questions. Uh, I think <laughs> I'll be I'll be getting him on next week now if I do, Owen. He's put what happened to Osborne um, for Sheffield United. He was brilliant in the 6-2 victory against Peterborough. Um, basically, there was no news, so I messaged our Sheffield United correspondents, FPR Boyard. He had sickness. No word yeah. that it was actually COVID. Apparently, he was just throwing up, so that's the reason he wasn't involved. I w- I'd probably say as well, I don't think he'd be the best option to have if you were having a midfielder. You'd, you'd go Gibbs White or Die, wouldn't you? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I. Uh, I mean, yeah, obviously played well, but just because just because you play well doesn't actually mean you're a good gaffer asset as well. You also got to take a take a view on their attacking and goal likeliness, I guess. I don't think he's going to be nailed in the team either. I think True. I'd have Sander Berg over Osborne in my team as well. He'd be my third choice if I was going out for any. Um, next question then is from Hakon. Love Stad, sorry if I've butchered that. Um, Zink and Eagle out soon. I think if you listen to the pod regularly, you'll you'll know my <laughs> views on this. You can't have a Nottingham Forest asset in your team. Saying that, 
we are recording on Thursday. Houston did get sacked earlier on in the day. Depending who they bring in, they've got a good team on paper, haven't they? He could be an option, but you've got Sal at this moment in time, haven't you? Eight million. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, eight mil is a lot, and there's probably a lot of uh, decent players with decent fixtures you can swap to. I think I wouldn't, if for that money, I wouldn't be a case of wait and see. It'd be a case of get him out. Yeah, I had no interest in going. I know a lot of people did and wanted him when he first um, arrived at Forest, but for me, it's just you can't. What are your thoughts on Forest just before we finish up, actually? Do you think, obviously, we don't know who's going to come in, but the team's good enough to turn that form around, isn't it? There's some options there. 100%, yeah. They've uh, got some individual players that I quite like. I mean, I'm, I read and had a Lewis Graben for a while, and I didn't really rate Lewis Graben as a striker for us. But he, had, he does have a good record for every team, so maybe that's just my, just my bias. Um, but yeah, I think they go, who's the, I can't remember the, the right mid's name. Uh, that plays for Forest, but he's decent as well. Myson. Um, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. that's correct. Yeah, I think they have decent players, and I would expect them. I thought they'd actually do quite well this year, so it's uh, strange to see them languishing so low. Um, so I think, yeah, on paper, they definitely have enough. enough I thought they'd do a lot better. And I think when, you know, they're one of the worst teams I've seen in ages come down to Stoke, and Martin. Luke Lively, he just had nothing around him. They, they set up to not concede, and once they conceded in the second half, that was their game point, game plan done. But yeah, we'll see how they go on. But I think that wraps us up for this um, episode. Um, thank you very much for coming on, Owen. It's been a pleasure. Um, good luck in Game Week 8. Good luck to all the listeners as well. Um, we'll update you on the pod team probably um, over the weekend. But yeah, join us on Sunday. Dan and Angus will be back. I'm going to be extremely hungover. I'm not going to lie. It's our <laughs> last game of the season at cricket, so we're having a fancy dress to do after. I haven't drank in. I can't remember the last time I did have a drink, if I'm honest. So I'm not going to be very good on Sunday. But I've been roped in to play for the Sunday team, so I will be alive and ready to record. But yeah, thank you very much for joining us again. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, any recommendations to people retweets likes it does help um to share the podcast so i'd appreciate if you could do that um thank you for your support and see you next week